Matthew chapter number 7, and I am enjoying these, these parables, this series in the parables of Jesus, and uh, just going through them and learning about what Jesus said, and uh, just the practical applications are just amazing. And so I'm looking forward to preaching the message tonight on the moat and the beam, the moat and the beam. If you're joining us live at this time, we sure appreciate you joining live, and thank you for uh, uh, being with us tonight. I know several are home, and we, we sure love you, church family. Thank you for being with us, and uh, we hope that uh, we hope that you have a great night tonight and enjoy the, the message and encouraged by the message. Hope to see you soon. But we're in Matthew chapter number seven, verse number one. All right, so let's let's read this scripture together. We're going to read verses one through five, and then we're going to skip over to Luke chapter number six. All right, so Matthew chapter seven, verse one. Jesus says, "Judge not that you be not what, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet." It shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye? Behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Let's go to Luke chapter number six, Luke chapter number six, and we're going to Read a little bit of a parallel passage here, Luke chapter number six. And of course, the phrase, judge not that you be not judged, is a very popular phrase. A lot of people uh, use that terminology. And so tonight we're going to talk about what that means and what it means for us as Christians. Luke chapter number six, look at verse 41 with me. Again, Jesus is speaking. It says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam? That is in thine own eye. Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote uh, that is in thy brother's eye. It was a typical Sunday afternoon for the Smith family. This is a joke, by the way, so just laugh, okay? At the end, just pretend like you liked it, all right? So it was a typical Sunday after church for the Smith family. They are on their way to the Cracker Barrel. How many like Cracker Barrel? Amen. And so they're on their way to Cracker Barrel. And as usual, Mr. Smith started with a general critique of the sermon. Preacher was much too long today, he said with a groan. His wife, Mrs. Smith, wasn't far behind. And she said, and you heard that pianist, Lord have mercy, he plays too loud. Mrs. Uh, Smith chimed in. And then, of course, the grandmother in the back seat, she said something after a little bit. And, oh, my soul, it was so dreadfully cold in the auditorium today. Little Susie in the back seat, she followed their example. I couldn't see a thing. Mrs. Moore's hat was so big. After a while of general moans and complaining, there was one left in the car that needed to add his feelings for the day. But he didn't want to be, he didn't want to be negative. And he didn't want to be critical. So the young man, he thought about it for a little bit. Little Bobby finally piped up and he said, well, dad, he said, I would say church today was a pretty good show considering you only put $2 in the offering plate. (laughs) Someone once said, it is human nature to find fault with our neighbor. Oftentimes we have a tendency to see the fault in everyone else and fail to see the faults in our own lives. As believers, we sometimes have an acute sense of right and wrong. But if you study Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, oftentimes what we judge as right and wrong doesn't go far enough, or maybe it goes too far. Oftentimes when we make ourselves the judge, we misjudge because we're not the judge. God is the judge. And so tonight, as we study this parable 
that Jesus gives on the Sermon of the Mount, the moat and the beam, maybe we could find some deeper meaning to it to help us in our Christian life in this simple application that Christ gives. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that you'd help us, Lord, to first cast out the beam out of our own eye. And I know all of us in the room have beams in our eyes. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us with those things. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help us that if we are to help, if we are to see something that somebody needs or needs help, help us to have a spirit of love and a spirit to help, not a spirit of judging. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Let me give you number one, and these are very simple. I'm just a simple kind of a guy. And so I just have some simple thoughts here for you out of this passage. Nothing uh, uh, very deep theologically, I would say, but just... Just really some some practical stuff here. So number one, we see here, what goes around comes around. That's number one. My dad, this is one of his favorite sayings, and I grew up hearing him saying this a lot. Well, what goes around comes around, amen? And really, this is what Christ is saying here. He says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. What goes around comes around. Jesus is stating here how we choose to judge others is how we bring judgment upon ourselves. But the good news tonight is this can both be a positive and a negative. It's a positive and a negative. Let's take our Bibles and look at at Luke chapter number 6. If you look there with me, we just read several verses out of there. But let's look up a little bit, uh, up into the chapter a little bit, and let's look at more of the context, because Matthew chapter number 7 starts with verse number 1. And so sometimes we don't go back into Matthew chapter number six and look at the context, but we can do that in Luke chapter six. Let's look up here at verse 30. Notice what Christ says to this crowd gathering at the Sermon on the Mount. It says, give to every man that asketh of thee and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Verse 31, and as ye would that men should do to you, do also, do ye also to them likewise. Christ says to these folks, letter A here, he says, treat others the way you want to be treated. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We ought at the very least treat others the way that we like to be treated. This is what we call oftentimes the golden rule. And it's a principle of treating others the way that you yourself would want to be treated. And it's a proverb found in most religions and cultures today. But unfortunately, because of our flesh and because of the fight against the flesh, oftentimes we do not look to others to treat them the way that we want to be treated. We treat others the way that we want to treat them, but we expect others to treat us the way that we want to be treated. And all God's people said, amen. That's most of us. And I could use a lot of practical illustrations. Let's just talk about the 205 freeway for a minute. Why is that guy tailgating me as you're tailgating someone? Amen. And, and so oftentimes, and that's our flesh inside of us. I feel like it's a wee bit cold. Maybe just uh, don't, don't turn on the heat, but maybe just turn off the cooler tonight. Somebody told me the last week, they said, Pastor, you're, you're going to get a hormone check because I was hot and cold and hot and cold. But uh, I'm okay. My hormones are just fine. Let me tell you. But, uh, but listen, tonight, our, our flesh gets in the way of this and it fights against us. Look at verse 32. Look at what Jesus goes on here. He says, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? What thank have ye? If you reciprocate love to somebody who deserves it, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners even do the same. And if ye lend to them which ye have hoped to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Look at verse 35. Oh, this is so hard. Verse 35. But love your enemies. 
There are some people that are hard to love. And all God's people said, we look at the news, we look at our Facebook. uh, We could talk about politics for a while here. Love our enemies. We got quiet on that one. Love our enemies. And sometimes what we want to eviscerate and we want to tell them how it is. And and listen, I understand all that. And I understand that American pride and and I understand all those things. But listen, we are Christians first. Is this thing on tonight? I said, we're Christians first. We are Christians first. And we are to model a life that is pleasing to the Lord first. First. And so if you love them that love you, what thank have ye? But love your enemies and do good and lend and hope for nothing in return. For your reward shall be great and ye shall be children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. But ye therefore be merciful. Notice this, as your father also is merciful. And Jesus didn't say it, but he could have. As your father is also merciful to you, to you. How many understand tonight that God is merciful to us? And boy, we, we're so hypocritical sometimes. Because we look at others and we just want to, why and how come? And they don't, and, and we look at others, but then we, we ought to really look at ourselves in the sight of God, in the sight of God. And so Jesus says, treat others the way that we want to be treated. But then he goes farther and let her be here. We should treat others better than they deserve. And we just read the scriptures, treat others better than they deserve. This goes against our flesh, 100% against our flesh. We do not want to treat others the way that they don't deserve. We want to give people exactly what we think that they deserve. But listen, when we treat others, when we treat others and we do things for them, and even though they don't deserve it, that is what grace is. That is what grace is. And aren't you thankful for the grace of God in your life? And when we treat others kindly, when they don't deserve kindness, That is grace. We're giving them kindness that they don't deserve. And that's okay. Brother Paul, it's okay to be kind to people that are mean to us. It's okay. It's okay to open the door for somebody who just gave you a dirty look. It's all right. And maybe pay for their coffee too. Heap hot coal. We're not doing it for that reason. But it heap hot coals on them. We're trying to to display a Christ-like spirit in our life. And so if we treat other people well, that treat us well, how does that show Christ? Anyone would do that. And so we take it a step further as Christians. And I know this is a lot easier said than done. Because when that guy takes your parking spot, Jerry, at Walmart, you want to flip out, don't you? Push your car against their car, boom. No, just kidding. When they take your spot or they cut you off on the freeway or, man, they they take your spot in line, you just, you want to tell them that, I can't believe. And, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm kind of a non-confrontational person. Where are my non-confrontational buddies in the room tonight? All right, raise your hand real high. Non-confrontational people. How many people are a little bit confrontational? You'll just say it like it is. A lot more. Look at our church. We're in trouble. Amen. (laughs) Oh, that's me. (laughs) So. I'm just, I'm just kind of the go with the flow kind of a guy. I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't, not always, but a lot, I try to be. And so sometimes somebody will cut in front of me in line. And I just smile and just like, okay, go right ahead. Obviously you got a lot to do today. And, uh, you know, and it's okay. You might actually show Christ to somebody else. Amen. Being nice to someone who's not nice to you or being kind. And there's a lot of context. Boy, I could get into that really deep tonight about, about others, the way that we're treated and the things that happen to us and the things that, that, that are uncomfortable and the things that people say to us. And, but listen, tonight, listen, as the children of Christ, as a testimony of Christ, we are supposed to treat others in a way that they don't deserve. We're supposed to go beyond that. That's grace. 
That's grace. I'm so thankful that I, God is gracious towards me. He's gracious towards me. Christ is trying to show us how to treat others. He's asking us, he's telling us to treat others the way that he treats us. Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that ye should not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, therewithal shall be measured to you again. We just read verse 38, but that's going to give us our next point, number two. Not only do we see number one, but number two, we see that we are measured by how we measure. We are measured by how we measure. What goes around comes around, but we're measured by how we measure. I, uh, for a while, I was doing, uh, uh, I worked in, in construction, and I worked as an estimator. And so what they would do is they would give you a set of plans and you would get a ruler and you would go through and you would measure and you would measure the rooms and you would measure how much. And I was worked in a tile company, so how much tile we needed and how much this. And we added the labor cost. And then we would put together what was called an estimation. This job is going to cost this much money. And so this is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying to what measure you meet or estimate what you estimate of somebody else and what you place on them as a standard, what you estimate them to be, that's the same measurement or standard that's going to come back to you. And so we are measured by how we measure. And may I just say tonight, no one likes to be measured. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? How terrifying is it after Christmas, after Thanksgiving, and you haven't stepped on a scale in a couple months, and you walk into that bathroom and you think you've gained a couple pounds because you can't get your suit pants on anymore. And you go, you step on that scale, and you can no longer hide from the truth. <laughs> Amen? You've been measured. And that number stares you right in the eyeballs, and, and you can make all the excuses you want. You can say, well, I drank a cup of coffee this morning. You can say whatever you want, but the number is there. Nobody likes to be measured. Oftentimes, we don't measure ourselves correctly, but we love to measure others. We don't like to measure ourselves in any context. Weight is kind of a joke when I'm talking about weight, but there's a lot of things we don't like to measure. We don't like to know how much we're in debt. We don't like to know how many hours of TV we watch. We don't like to be measured, but the truth is of many of us, and, and this is human nature and it's our flesh, and we all struggle with this. We like to project a measurement on somebody else that we do not want to project on ourselves. And this is what Christ is saying. He's saying what measure what you put out there as a measurement for what measure ye meet or estimate with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so tonight, we need to remember the standards that we place on others will be placed on us. In other words, we need to be careful about being hypocritical and thinking that somebody should be a certain way or do a certain thing or wear a certain thing or say, talk a certain way or live a certain way when we ourselves have beams sticking out of our own eyes. We need to be careful how we measure people. By the way, can I just stop here for a second and get real practical? Christians really shouldn't have a judgmental spirit ever. All of us should say amen to that. We should never have a critical, judgmental spirit. Amen? We have no, if we have a judgmental spirit or a critical spirit towards someone, uh, uh, we, need to, we need to take a step back and really reflect on where our heart is. Amen? Because we're all just sinners saved by grace. <laughs> My, I say this, I say my dad said a lot because he says a lot of stuff. But anyway, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. That's an expression. I know that, you know, but anyway, moving on here. If you wear kilts tonight, then you jump in your kilt. I don't know what you do, but. 
1884, a young man died. And after the funeral, his grieving parents decided to establish a memorial for him. With that in mind, this is a true story. With that in mind, they met with Charles Elliott, the president of Harvard University. This is in 1884. Elliott received the unpretentious couple into his office and asked what he could do for them. After they expressed their desire to fund a memorial, Elliot, the college president, impatiently said, perhaps you'd have in mind a small scholarship. And they said that they responded, we were thinking of something more substantial than that. Maybe we could help with a building. And the woman, the woman replied, but in a patronizing tone, Elliot brushed him aside, brushed the idea aside and said it was too expensive. And so the couple departed. The next year, Elliot learned about these humble parents that had gone elsewhere and established a memorial fund. In fact, in 1884, they gave $26 million to the Leland Stanford Junior University, which has been today is now known as Stanford University. Be careful how you measure people. Let me give you number three. We judge by how we are judged. We are judged by how we are judged. What goes around comes around. How we measure is how we will be measured. And then lastly, we are judged by how we judge. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number seven. And let's look at this parable tonight a little bit closer. Matthew chapter number seven. Let's look at what Jesus says here in verse number one. He says, judge not that you be not what? That you be not judged. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye sh- that's a lot of judges. What judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And what measure you meet, ye shall be measured to you again. I love this passage because Jesus is giving this very simple illustration. He goes down here, verse number four, he says, Wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye. Now, if you look up the word mote in scripture, it literally means a speck, like a speck of dust. And uh, my father-in-law likes to work on uh, woodworking stuff in the garage. And, and you know, you're ever, you ever around somebody who's, uh, who's sanding and you get a little piece of that in your eye. It's an irritant and it's annoying and it needs to be taken care of, but it's definitely not a beam. See, the, the beam, the word beam in the scriptures, it gives a, uh, actually, if you look it up, it actually means a plank of, of wood. And so I brought this two by four with me tonight. Thank you, brother. Gonzalez for finding this for me. But what Jesus is literally saying is, why are you worried so much about the little piece of dust in your brother's eye when you're walking around like this? Hey, you got something in your eye. And Jesus is is giving this illustration and it's almost an exaggeration, almost a ridiculous. Why are you so concerned about the piece of dust in your brother's eye when you have a two by four sticking out of your eye? Now, before we get too hard on others, how many of you have ever done that before? Raise your hand high. We've all done that where we've projected onto somebody else a judgment. And the truth is, is we have our own issues to deal with. Amen. Have our own things to deal with. And so we, we see this illustration that Jesus is giving us here. And we learn several things from this illustration. And so just simply tonight, I have just a couple things here. Letter A. We learn from this illustration of the moat and the beam that we are quick to judge others and slow to judge ourselves. We're quick to look at somebody else and we're quick to point out all the flaws, all the mistakes, all the things that whatever we think should be different. We think they should do this differently. But we're slow to look at our own selves and to judge our own selves. 
We've heard this illustration before, but so often we, we struggle with this. We look at others and we examine and we measure and we judge them. We judge and we measure and we judge their marriage. We measure and we judge their kids. We measure and we judge their spending habits. We measure and we judge their attitude. We measure and we judge who they hang out with. We measure and judge the things that they say. We measure and judge their motivations. We measure and judge their spiritual life. We measure and judge their personal holiness. We measure and judge their dress. We measure and judge every aspect of other people's lives, but we don't measure and judge ourselves. Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus is saying simply tonight, listen, I know, I don't know why you're so busy looking at everybody else's backyard when you have a lot going on in your own life you need to deal with. So often we fail to measure and judge ourselves. We're too busy looking at someone else. And so we need to be careful about that. You might be thinking, well, pastor, the Bible says, and I've heard this before, and it is true in one respect. I've heard people say, well, doesn't the Bible say that the spiritual, spiritual people will judge all things? Why don't we talk about that for a minute? Let's take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. Well, if I'm spiritual, I'm allowed to judge. That's what the Bible says. Well, let's look at the scripture in context, amen, and what that means and what judging means. Because Christ does say that after we get this beam out of our eye, we can help our brother get the speck out of his eye. He's not saying not to say anything about the speck. He's just saying we, we, gotta be, we, we can't help them if we have a beam sticking out of our eye. Of course, that would help with social distancing if you had a beam in your eye. But anyway, just make sure your board is six feet long. Second Corinthians chapter number two, look at verse 11. Notice what it says, for what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, Paul's writing, which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words of man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I actually referenced this, this scripture this morning. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Paul is saying, listen, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, if you, if you follow Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And because of the Holy Spirit of God, he teaches you those things. And you can have spiritual discernment in your life. And then he says this in verse 15, and a lot of people take this verse out of context. It says, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Is Paul saying here that we're supposed to judge other people in this scripture? Of course, no scripture is intended to be read devoid of context. Some statements, more than others, are easily misinterpreted and, and abused if cut away from the surrounding context. And this verse presents that danger. Paul was writing that only those aided by God's Holy Spirit have the capacity to understand spiritual things. Let me say that again. Only those that are aided by God's Holy Spirit have the capacity to understand spiritual things. This is what Paul is saying, including God's plan of salvation through faith in Christ. Those not helped, those who do not have God's spirit, the simple truth is they cannot comprehend spiritual truth. And so the word used here in verse 15, judges here, is not identical, but related to the same word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter number seven, verse one. In this context, the meaning of judge is to investigate or to examine Paul is saying that because we have the Holy Spirit of God and his help, the Holy Spirit allows us to investigate and examine spiritual matters, and we can see those spiritual matters in our life. In other words, 
when we hear false doctrine, we're able to judge that. Amen. Amen. We say, hmm, that just, my dad, <laughs> I'm referring to you a lot. It's because it's your birthday. My dad used to say that I have red flags going off, red flags going off. And so we have, because we have the Holy Spirit of God, those red flags go off or so on and so forth. We have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us that helps us to examine or investigate spiritual things. He's not talking about judging the things that other people do unless it's in the context of spiritual error. And so, yes, we're able to judge spiritual things, but our judgment is to be tempered by the Holy Spirit. And often our judgments are way more flesh-driven than Holy Spirit-driven. And so because our spirit drives us to love and the spirit drives us to have patience and the spirit drives us to come to people with a sense of meekness and grace, the spirit doesn't drive us to condemn others. Our judgment is going to be a little bit different. How many understand what I'm saying tonight? And so we have to be well, I'm spiritual and I judge all things. No, (laughs) no. As a matter of fact, when it comes to judging others, When we come to others to judge them, we should never see that speck in their eye unless it's with a heart that says, I want to help you. I want to be a help, whatever I can do to help. So what else here? Not only are we quick to judge others and not ourselves, but lastly, let her be here. We are quick to fix others when we ourselves are broken. We're quick to fix others. Why beholdest the mote in thy brother's eye and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Why are you trying to fix your brother when you have some fixing that needs to be done? Oftentimes, we become speck hunters. We're running around looking for the speck in someone else's eye. Imagine with me that I had this huge stick in my, in my eye, and I'm going around trying to find the speck in your eye. Here's what strikes me about this, verse 5. Jesus says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then I love this part, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast the moat out of thy brother's eye. Some people will say, well, we should not judge because we don't want to be judged. And we just read all of that and talked about all of that. But really the place where we want to be in our life is in a position to help others, to help others. I mentioned my parents earlier run, uh, 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 helping with the FIT program there. They're the most non-judgmental people you'll meet, but they're there to help those men. Uh, Brother Asprelli over here run, uh, uh, um, uh, is in charge of our bus ministry and and we have a lot of, how many work on the buses? You work on the buses. Our job is to help. And so you're going to see some, some things in people's eyes, quote unquote. You're going to see some things that people are doing and they're opposing themselves, the scripture says. And so we don't judge them like, oh, what's wrong with you? And no, no, we come to them and say, hey, listen, let me show you a better way. Let me show you the way that Christ showed me. Not in a judgmental tone or, or trying to change people or whatever, but we come to them in the love of Christ with patience and meekness and love. And we say, hey, let me try to help if I can. Obviously, some people want help and some don't. But we ought to be in the position in our life to help if we can help. That's why it's important to make sure we don't have any two-by-fours in our eyes. Amen? And all God's people said, amen. amen. We ought to make sure that we don't have beams sticking out of our eyes so that we can be available to help others in need. I see here three things that happen when we remove, remove the beams out of our eyes. This is very practical. Number one, we are humbled. We are humbled when we admit to ourselves that we have a big piece of wood sticking out of our eyes. It's a humbling experience. We're humbled. How many would rather have somebody humble help you than somebody who, who's proud help you? I would much rather have somebody come to me and say, hey, you know, 
I love you. Can I help you in this area? And so let me tell you, let me tell you what you need to do. There's a big difference. When we have those beams and we get those beams, boy, you take that beam out of your eye, that just takes the condescending tone right out of you when you recognize that. Instead, we can approach others with a compassionate spirit, helping out, helping to love, not needing to fix, but there to help. Just as a side note tonight, we can't fix anyone, by the way. That's something that I've been having a hard time with in my pastorate, is realizing I can't do anything. I can't fix anyone, but he can. I need to do less fixing and more praying. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Listen, I I can't fix anyone. I can't can't fix anyone. I try to give advice, and, and it doesn't... So we just need to pray and ask God to help. He's the one, he's the, he, he's the healer, he's the physician. And so we can't, help, we can't fix anyone, but we can help. And so let it be, not only do we, are we humbled, but we become helpful. How many of you hate going to the doctor? And all God's men said, amen. Why am I going to the doctor? There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> just to sit down and have him tell you, you need to lose a couple pounds, you know, or whatever it is. And uh, I hate going to the doctor, uh, but listen, I go to the doctor because I need help. I don't want to go to the doctor and he just looks at me and says, judge not, lest you be judged. No, I go to the doctor because I want him to look at me and say, hey, I, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. I go to the doctor because I need, but he is there to help. And so uh, we hate being told that there's something wrong with us. But of course, we recognize that sometimes we need that. I need a doctor to help me. We need to be helpful Christians. It's one thing to point out the moat in the church, in the church's context. Pastor, there's a lot of moats, but it's a whole other thing to help. And all God's people said, Pastor, the church wasn't clean enough. Then join the cleaning ministry. Amen. Come on now. (laughs) Pastor, the the youth group needs help. Then, Then help the youth group. I love this saying. They taught me this in Bible college, but I love it. See the need, take the lead. We don't look, we don't need to walk around looking for specs. Amen. We don't need to walk around trying to point out things or criticize. We need to walk around with a spirit to love and help. Amen. And by the way, our church does that. We have an amazing church. Number three tonight. Number three. What happens when we pull the beam out of our eye? We see that. We see, we see the hurting. We see the hurting. Do you know what happens when you remove a beam out of your eye? It hurts. It hurts. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, once we remove that beam and we realize it doesn't hurt as bad, by the way, when the beam is in the eye. (laughs) But once we pull that beam out of our eye, we realize all of a sudden, man, I feel great. (laughs) Man, I I realize how much I was going through with that beam in my eye. I realize how much better it is having the beam removed. And so a lot of times when we pull the beam out of our eyes, we can see the hurting around us. You know the pain. You know the suffering. You know those with the specks in their eyes are going through. I think about those who've been hurt, those that are suffering, those that are suffering with anger and bitterness because they're, they're just, they've been hurt and they've been disappointed. And those of us, instead of looking at them, and I think about when I was working as youth pastor, we would get teenagers sometimes that come in and they're so wound up and they're so angry. And the reason why is not because they're a bad kid, it's because they have pain in their life. And they're hurt. And sometimes when we're, if we're not careful, we can judge that teenager. We can judge that person and not realize they got something going on in their life. Everybody is hurting. I said, everybody is hurting. Everybody has a list of things that they've been hurt by. And so we need to be careful. 
about judging them. And when you pull the beams out of your eyes, you remember how that felt. And you remember the hurt and the pain and the suffering. And what does that do? That just allows us to be a better help to others. I think about the times that in my life that I've gotten victory over sin. Maybe I can help somebody else get victory over sin. I think about those that have been, that have been hurt by someone they trusted. What do I do with this pain, Pastor? Help somebody who's been hurt by someone they trusted. Well, Pastor, what do I do with this? Help somebody who's gone through the same thing in your life. When things happen to us in our life and we, we go through those things that God has given us a unique opportunity to help somebody else who's going through the same thing, you can help be an encouragement tonight or you can be judgmental. You can look on them and think, what's wrong with them? Or you can look at them and know the pain and the suffering. You can look at somebody and say, why don't they get with the picture? Or you can look at somebody and say, what can I do to help? So tonight, may we recognize what goes around comes around. We're measured by how we measure, and we're judged by how we judge. And maybe this week we could go out and be a little bit less judgmental and more helpful in our lives. Let's pray together.